what we do here is go back, 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 back. It sucks to say, you know, the Gruden era uh, with the Raiders is, is over and will never be dabbled in again. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Micah McDonald, rocking it solo uh, for this week's podcast. Switching up, a lot of things going on, personally, for me and Andy. Um, next week, you're going to have just him between the two of us and uh, possibly a guest appearance, uh, guest host appearance. So there's a lot shaking and moving on that end of things. Uh, next week, I will be gone on my honeymoon. So me and my wife finally taking our honeymoon, heading to Hawaii, going to Oahu for a week. So uh, I will not be here. Andy will be rocking it on his own. That being said, this week, I am rocking it solo. And boy, is there a lot to talk about. <laughs> I'm going to essentially touch on the, the Bears game a little bit, touch on the things in uh, regards to the Raiders and John Gruden that are happening at the moment um, that are quite unfortunate. And then uh, we will jump into a Broncos preview. Um, we're going to see how this rocks, how this works. That being said, let's jump on into this uh, Bears preview real quick. There's not much to say outside of the fact that the uh, game was horrendous, just absolutely terrible. The Raiders went out there and Absolutely laid a dud, unfortunately. The offense was absolute crap. Um, they couldn't get anything going whatsoever. I don't know what the problem is. Uh, you know, this this year we've had an issue starting out. Can't really get things going in general. So you watch that first half and you're like, okay, well, they're going to turn it on in the third like they normally do. That never happened. Almost just at a loss for words just because of how bad the offensive line has been doing. Alex Leatherwood is not is not helping himself. They moved him into guard this week, uh, brought in Brandon Parker to play tackle, thinking that might help solidify the line a little bit um, because we've seen him having issues on the outside. Might have made it worse, to be honest with you. Um, there's there's a lot floating out there on Twitter, on the internet right now, on just how terrible him and, and, and Andre Drames kind of were and just how out of sync the whole offensive line was this whole time. We went into it talking about how they had a great defensive line, um, that this was going to be a big test for us. They were just getting pressure from all over the place. Carr didn't really have a whole lot of time to do much. Um, when he did try to do much, he didn't do great at doing that. Our running game was absolutely abysmal. Uh, Josh Jacobs came back. He had 15 carries for 48 yards. He did get in the end zone. But we just could not get anything going. Couldn't get anything going at all. Um as we've talked about before, we talked about with the Bear Essential podcast, um, you know, we need to get the run game going. Mentioned it, too, when we were uh, talking to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Um, John Gruden's offense relies heavily on getting the run going, setting the tone, um, setting that up for the passing game, play action, all that kind of stuff. We have not been able to do that at all this year. And it's really shown how bad our offensive line is and how much we miss having a good offensive line because we, you know, Last year, the year before, you know, there was a lot of talks that we were a top five, top three offensive line in the league. And it showed how well we could get the run game going and how we can kind of control games for the most part. 
with our run game. And that has not been there at all this year. It seemed like they kept trying to get things going, kept trying to get Waller involved, kept trying to, you know, just get some type of little spark to get going. And they could never really get in sync for whatever reason. Uh, the Bears defense was able to kind of keep them from getting in a rhythm, keep them from, you know, getting some continuity within uh, the offense and, and really start anything at all. The Raiders scored one touchdown uh, from Josh Jacobs uh, going over the top, like Andy was talking about in our preview pod. They went for two after the touchdown. Uh, I believe at that point that put us at uh, 14 to nine, down five, two point conversion puts us down three, you know. So they didn't get it. Um, you know, we ended up losing 20 to nine and whatnot, but they got a field goal in the first quarter, shut out second and third quarter, six points in the second quarter, and we're just absolutely dominated. On the defensive side of the ball, you know, the defense, if you look at the Bears' stats in general, it looks like the defense had a really good day. What isn't showed on there is the way that the Bears kind of tried to control the game on the, uh, control it on the running game. Um, they were just kind of chewing up clock and we didn't really, we couldn't really stop them too well. So Justin Fields was 12 for 20 for 111 yards. The big part, he had three carries for four yards rushing. And, you know, that was something we talked about on, you know, whether he was going to be able to make things happen with his feet um, on the ground, you know, scrambling, uh, extending plays, stuff like that. They did a pretty good job. Um, you know, there were a couple times where you saw him kind of double clutch, maybe try to make that pass at the last second, help out our defense on kind of tracking him down. There weren't a whole lot of times where he just like tucked it and run, took off. We did a decent job kind of containing him on that end of things. Herbert had 18 carries for 75 yards. Williams had 16 carries for 64 yards, uh, both averaging four or more yards a carry. They were able to pound it on the ground, get the yards when they needed to, pick up first downs. And really, they they did to us what we were hoping we could do to them, you know, setting the tone with the run game, being able to pick up yards uh, when needed, pick up first downs when needed. Now, granted, the defense did get a lot of stops. The defense gave us plenty of opportunities to get in this game if the offense could have just got some type of you know rhythm going and, and and started to click and started to do you know what we know that they can do. You know, in years prior, we have always had a good off- offensive line, and then you know the weapons around Carr not necessarily the best. Now we have good weapons around him, and our offensive line is trash, and we're seeing that completely just dismantle um, the ability to get things going. The Raiders are one of the worst teams in the league, if not the worst team in the league, in um, you know getting getting things rolling and uh, you know scoring in the first half or in the first quarter, and just uh, being able to start off good and uh, you know on a good note. Now we've been able to come back, been able to win games, um, and Carr's been able to step up and and take over the team and, and do those kind of things. But we're seeing here where you know, the offensive line is getting exposed and Carr can't do those things. And then when he tries to do those things, you know, he throws interceptions and he makes mistakes as all people do. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you can't always be perfect. Um, but right now what it's taking is him being perfect every single time. And that's just not sustainable. We saw them having a hard time, you know, blocking Khalil Mack. He did get one sack on Carr. Um, he seemed like he was just kind of all over the place and, and always there to, to impact the place somehow. Um, there was a couple times where he was able to draw some penalties um, against him, rightfully so. The dude's a beast. Um, he's absolutely amazing. And last time we faced him, we were able to, you know, kind of control him a little bit. But we also had a uh, top-tier offensive line to be able to double-team him and, and do well in that regard. So 
all in all, it was just, uh, you know, a lot of the same stuff, different day. Our defense played well enough. They didn't play great. They weren't sitting there just shutting them down, shutting them down, shutting them down. But they were making stops. They were making plays. They were doing enough. Once again, the defense was doing enough to help us keep us in the games. And the offense just stalled out and just couldn't do anything at all. So it's tough. Tough to watch that. Tough to just sit there and be frustrated the whole time. Sitting there, all right, time to get things going, time to get things going, time to get things going. And then you start doing the thing where you're like, all right, well, if we can go down and score here, we're still good. You know, if we can go down and get a touchdown here, we can go down, get a field goal here, and get some points here, we're good. We're still in this. And you do that, and you do that, and you do that. And that's that's the way you kind of keep yourself, uh, you know, talking yourself into this game. And it, it's one of those things where when we come on, we kind of come on late. Uh, second half type of thing so you just think that's going to happen uh, but then it didn't so um, all in all it was just such a frustrating game in games prior even against the the chargers where you know we obviously lost and we didn't quite come out um, good enough they still came out they had a great third quarter um, they gave you hope that they were going to go out there and the offense was going to do something there was hope um, because of those games prior they, there was nothing that they were showing us that back that up unfortunately so one of the things in regards to the whole gruden situation was that the first string of emails uh he had that came out um in regards to the president of the nflpa came out on i believe it was thursday or friday uh before the game so call it distractions call it some issues ironically enough it it was on the anniversary of al davis uh, passing away. Um, a lot of people are making that connections in regards to this being, you know, racial slurs and racial tropes that he was using, things of that nature on the the death anniversary of someone who was probably the most progressive owner um, and someone of power in the NFL um, throughout the 70s and 80s, 90s, all that stuff. So who knows where the team's mind was at, where their head was at. But when it comes down to it, they needed to go out there and perform. The offense needed to show up. The defense gave us the opportunity to do so, and they didn't. Your defense can only do so much, can only hold up so long. You know, with quick three and outs, you're putting them on the field. Um, you know, very quickly, they go and get a stop, and they're off the field, and then they got to go out there quick again. That also is not something that's sustainable. So we did not force any turnovers. Um, that's been a big thing as of lately as well, um, is, you know, those, those definitely obviously help not only kill any type of momentum drives or anything like that, but, oh, you know, more often than not, whenever, you know, wherever it tends to be at, it just, it automatically just flips the field. You know, it's, it's a turnover where we don't have to, you know, field the punt and, and be inside of our own 20, which, you know, we would get stops and that would, that would happen. We would be in our own territory, pinned back there deep. And with the offense not doing anything, you know, we're just punting back and forth. So, you know, the defense on top of, you know, doing just enough um, to help keep us in it. They weren't getting any turnovers. I'm sure that's asking a lot to just be like, hey, keep us in this game and also get the ball back, um, you know, because they were getting the ball back, just not in the in the form of turnovers. It was, you know, getting it back on downs. So at the end of the day, um, this falls on the offense. This loss falls on the offense. They couldn't get things going. They couldn't get moving and not being able to establish the run game really, really showed having – an issue with the offensive line really, really showed. Um, you know, a lot of people thought that switching the lineup, kind of shuffling things around, you know, maybe giving Leatherwood some time um, at guard, 
to kind of work into things as a tackle um, over the next year or so. You know, maybe it'll work out better. You know, it's only been one week that he's had the chance to practice there. But at the same time, you know, there was a lot of hope that that would help shore things up. Um, And, you know, it kind of felt like not that Brandon Parker has ever been any type of breath of fresh air at the tackle position for us. It kind of felt like this helped solidify a little bit of the line because guard seemed like it was such a issue for us. My boy, John Simpson, shout out to him. But outside of that, you know, on the other side, there's players out there. I'm like, I didn't even, I didn't even know that dude was on the team. Um, I didn't know he was part of the uh, the actual depth chart when it comes to the guards that we had at play. So moving Leatherwood inside, sound like okay, cool. Well, we're mixing things up. It's gonna be for the better. Looking at our offensive line across the board, it looks stronger um, in that regards. I don't know why they haven't had given uh, Nick Martin a chance to get after things at center, but Andre James is just. It's one thing after another with him. It just does not seem like it's getting any better. You hope that things will start to turn around, start to pick up. Um, at one point in time, um, him and Alex Leatherwood were blocking each other um, while uh, the defensive line was blowing up uh, Jacobs in the backfield. So they've got a lot of deep problems at the offensive line. Um, I don't know if there's a way that that gets fixed. Barring some type of trade, being able to, you know, pick up somebody that might be somewhat no name that ends up panning out. Hopefully if we can get Richie back, that'll help secure the guard spot a little bit. That's kind of been an ongoing thing. I think they said that they're expecting him back after the bye, but man, it's, it doesn't seem like it's trending any, like we're, we're, they're trying hard just to like tread water at this point and not continue to go backwards. So we'll see how all that pans out. You know, it's going to be one of those things where we're going to have to try to focus really hard on offensive line um, in the offseason and, and next draft. So I don't know if it's something that gets fixed this year. Um, you know, we we can hope that it it progresses to be better uh, throughout the year. But I don't know if there is any fixing it. I don't know if there is any having any of this just all of a sudden be fine, you know. So we'll see. Only five weeks in. You know, it, it's a lot. You know, I, Week by week, there's, you know, things change and uh, takes change and the way things are kind of panning out can change. So we can go only go off of what we've seen so far and what we've seen so far is not good. So we got the Broncos this week. Uh, this is going to be this is going to be a big time test. in the, in the I, I feel like the Raiders and the Broncos, when it comes to the national media, are very much in the same boat of people being like, okay, well, are they for real? Um, you know, the, the wins that the Raiders had are against a lot better teams than the Broncos had, but this is going to be a big, whoever wins this um, will will kind of regain some some trust from the national media, I feel like, as far as like, okay, well, maybe they are who we thought they were, or maybe they are, you know, good, really, when it comes down to it. So between the two fan bases, um, both have been chirping very much so. You know, we have been very vocal on, on how the fact that we think the Broncos are frauds. Um, I'm sure they've been pretty vocal on thinking we're frauds as well. So we'll see. It's going to be a good game. We will get to that preview a little later on. But yeah, all in all, man, I, I thought we would go in and win this game. I thought we could go in there. I thought we could step things up, get Waller more involved, get him going again. Have a have a breakout game for him and, and just kind of get back on track after that Chargers game. It just didn't happen. Just flat out didn't happen. They fell flat on their face and just all in all screwed the pooch. So we'll see. On to Denver. We'll have to hopefully go out there and, and get a good W. You know, their their defense has been playing good. You know, they they kept with the Steelers. 
we beat the Steelers. They lost to the Steelers. Uh, obviously, deductive reasoning means that we're better than them because of that. And that's the way that's the way sports work. But we shall see this week. Um, I, I'm going to have to try to figure out a, a place to to watch the game in Hawaii. Uh, a big time difference. Uh, while I'm over there, it's three hours earlier than it is here, PST. So we'll see what happens. But this Bears game was bad, but just got to turn the page. As everyone knows, there's a lot more going on right now than the fact that we lost to the Bears. So now the preview is over and we get into what has been blowing up the news as of lately. As mentioned on the 8th, um, emails came out. Uh, I believe all of these emails um, we're learning now, um, all of the things I'm going to touch on, were released or leaked somehow um, in regards to the big investigation that's going on um, with the Washington football team and Dan Snyder. Allegations going on with him and uh, just the, the complete deep dive they're going into with him and the football team and their owner, Bruce Allen. Um, a lot of these emails, I believe, were between Allen and Gruden. On Friday, um, you know, it got leaked that John Gruden had some choice words to say about uh, the NFLPA president and uh, a, a lot being pegged as, as a social as a racial trope um, and, and racial slurs towards him. My first initial reaction um, with it, uh, it, it was as it is with all these things. And, and it's like something comes out, initial report comes out and it's like, okay, like let's hear what, what else there is out there. You know, let's see where this goes. Um, because a lot of times it's one of those things that if something like that comes out, a lot of times it tends to be the worst of it. He made the comments that, Smith had lips like Michelin tires, which a lot of people, including Tim Brown, kind of came out saying that John Gruden used to refer to people who lied or talked too much or said one thing and, you know, did another as someone who's rubber lipped. Um, they just keep flapping their lips and, and and it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't hold any weight, whether you're white, black, brown, purple or orange. Um, he would call people that if he thought that they were liars, if he thought that they were, you know, people who. Uh, weren't truthful and, and, you know, just ran their mouth for, for whatever reason. Right. And as someone who was in the tire business, um, you know, Michelin tires are top of the line. Um, they're, they're number one really um, in, in most categories and in most circles of things. So, you know, someone say it's calling someone, you know, rubber lipped and, and that they have uh, lips like Michelin tires is, is kind of calling them the, the top liar of them all. Right. Regardless, it doesn't sound great when you're, you know, talking about, a black person in, in that regards. And so, you know, it's definitely something taken as a racial trope. It is something that he obviously apologized for, went on to continue to say he's not racist. It wasn't meant in a racist term, all that kind of stuff. So regardless, it's at the very least in very poor taste, um, you know, saying something like that, um, you know, the, back in 2011, I believe is when, when this all happened. And then, Things continued to unravel um, as as emails were leaked. There was a lot of things in regards to uh, misogynistic comments, homophobic comments, um, and just overall, just a lot of bad things being said. At one point, they said that he, you know, was kind of knocking down the emergence of of women referees in the NFL. He essentially went off on on Goodell, made claims that uh, Goodell forced. Jeff Fisher and the Rams to 
draft Michael Sam he came out as gay in, in college football and you know essentially saying that they he kind of forced them to to draft him because it was make the NFL look good and and have some uh, some progressive looks to it you know Jeff Fisher came out recently saying that they drafted players based off of many qualities but their sexual preference wasn't one of them and never has been one of them um, kind of somewhat you know going against that. I don't know if you want to call it a defense that they tried to say, you know, um, about Goodell and whatnot. But all in all, it's just a lot of bad things were said, you know, and it's hard because it's not right. You know, the things that were said are not right. Even if you sit here and say, you know, it was a different time back then, 10 years ago, the language that was used was, I think, you know, definitely the things he was saying were bad. The language that was used um, to say those things uh, is you know where the i i feel like the biggest issue lies you know with it all just very insensitive things it's something that unraveled very quickly uh, for the raiders eight to ten days ago we're three and oh walking into a monday night football game with a potential mvp quarterback a you know a coach um who looks like he's he's turned this team around and you know a three and oh record trying to go in and, and take first in the division and now uh, Gruden has officially resigned, uh, as we've seen um, all over Twitter, all over the news. My guess is that uh, Mark Davis sat down with him, um, and, and they obviously had a chat. No one outside of those two and whoever was in the room really know how that chat went. I honestly find it hard that Mark Davis could have fired him um, as much as as much as that needed to happen. I think that he definitely probably went in there and, and talked to him and said, look, <laughs> like this has to happen. Can you resign? Can you step down, step away from this? I don't see Mark Davis being able to fire him. You know, there's there's so many things where it's just, you know, from the contract to all the different things of just letting Gruden completely control everything, really, that just kind of made me feel like I don't know if he would have gotten fired if Gruden hadn't stepped down. Um, I think Gruden understands the situation, uh, understands where they're at and, and and where that puts them, not only on the distraction side of things, but you know the spot that that puts Mark Davis in and the organization in. So I think stepping down was the right thing to do for him in regards to all of this. Um, I think he definitely did that uh, as a favor to Mark Davis because once again, I don't know. I don't know if I see Mark Davis actually pulling the trigger on that. Maybe he would have. Uh, you know, I don't know. But you know, he came out saying no one is above the shield. It's all about the Raider organization first. So maybe he would have, you know, and, uh, you know, who, who knows how long it would have taken uh, for that to happen. But, yeah, I don't know. It's it's really just been a shit show. It's And, um, you know, it's it's one of those things that's – I kind of hate talking about it without Andy here, uh, without getting his side of things as well and just hearing what he has to say. Uh, I'm just kind of giving you my overall thoughts of things. And all in all – if Gruden was right about the NFL forcing people to do stuff, you know, because of their image, that's not right at all. You know, um, how he went about like saying those things and projecting those things, um, I, I wasn't right either. So it sucks to say, you know, the Gruden era uh, with the Raiders is is over and will never be dabbled in again. You know, we for so long Raiders wanted Gruden back. You know, that was always something that we held on to. It's like bring Gruden back do it and we did it and unfortunately it didn't last the the tenure uh of his 10 year the tenure of his 10 year contract but you know here we are we got to move on i think that 
Uh, Andy mentioned it on DeBear's DeBear Essential uh, crossover that we did. Um, you know, John Gruden has his thumb in a lot of different things on this team, and, and sometimes it seems like maybe it could be um, a hindrance in some spots. So you want to flip this around, look at the bright side of things on here. I think that Mayock will finally have full control of things. I think he'll have full control of draft picks and the different things that they they do that Gruden, you know, I don't believe that Gruden always 100% called the shots on things, um, which, I, I mean, he did. But, like, I think Mayock had a big part in a lot of different stuff. But I think at the end of the day, if there was a disagreement on things or certain spots, um, that Gruden, you know, Gruden trumped all. So when it comes to, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we found out that, you know, it was first and second round picks for Gruden's decisions and then, and then Mayock got the rest. So um, I think – Seeing Mayock in a environment that is uninhibited by um, a head coach and someone else uh, might, we might see what everyone believe Mayock had in him and, and has done. You know, we've seen how well the mid round picks have panned out. You know, if those were 100% him, those were 100%, you know, him making those decisions and whatnot, let's see what he can do with, with all of them. You know, I, there's, there's hope there that maybe this kind of, frees up the reins for him to really fully invest and do what he can do without, you know, any inhibitance. So another side of things is that the conservativeness we see out of the offense um, with him as the play caller. I don't know what this is going to mean as far as where we go from here as the head coach, where we go as far as who's calling the plays um, and whatnot. Um, maybe we see Olsen take over play calling. Maybe they just let Carr do it. I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be mad at that either. Just let him get, maybe even give him, you know, just give him a game to completely control everything, control play calling and, and where they go and how they do things. I think that we're going to get a chance to see this offense open up a little bit more um, and, you know, just go in a newer direction. Honestly, by all accounts, I hate to see Gruden go. I, I believed in Gruden as a coach. I believed that he was pushing us in the right direction and, and doing good things and turning this team into the best team that we've had in a long time. Um, and the best consistent team we've had in a long time. Um, obviously 2016 has been a better year than any year that Gruden has been here, but that was one year, um, everything imploded the following year. And so the consistency that we've seen as far as this team being a better team in general, you know, has been nice. And I, I believe that things were going to be turned around. So, where we go from here is going to be big. Uh, we're five games into the season. We've got a long season left. You know, a lot of things. I mean, obviously, a lot of things are changing. A lot of things are going to change. Um, I think there's a good chance we see it change for the better in regards to, you know, things expanding the way they needed to expand um, that couldn't with uh, Gruden in place. So, I don't know. I always tend to be the optimistic person on on these sides of things. I always try to look at things. Okay, where do we go from here? Um, where's the silver lining behind it all and whatnot? So, you know, a lot of talks the rest of the season and, uh, you know, going into, you know, the offseason. If if they don't bring anybody in, um, going into the offseason about, you know, who the next head coach is going to be. It's going to dominate every single headline. So we'll see where we go from here. It's a tough situation. It's it's a rough place to be in. Um, man, it just seems like the Raiders do Raiders things no matter what. And this is you know, this is such a Raiders things to ha Raider thing to happen. Things start going well, and and something causes some type of implosion and some type of issue. So 
I don't know. There is uh, the way things uh, progress moving forward in the in the next uh, coming weeks uh, will be a big tell on on how we can kind of uh, expect the rest of the season to kind of uh, pan out, in my opinion. But nonetheless, Raiders till we die. So let's ride. Let's keep going. The season's not all lost yet. You know, it's a huge, huge issue that's causing gonna going to undoubtedly cause a lot of you know outside things to leak into the locker room and possibly cause outside distractions on things but how they react how they turn around from this is going to be very telling and going to be a big turning point in our season so when we get a chance to um uh you know we'll we can we can talk about it some more maybe andy will touch on you know his side of things his thoughts um with everything next week's pod uh, when he's rocking it you know solo uh but yeah, um, at this point, it's on to Denver. Um, and all we can do is kind of look forward, move the organization in a in a uh, way that moves forward for the better. And then, uh, you know, just worry about Denver, worry about um, who we play, who we play on Sunday. So with that being said, let's let's get into this. Uh, let's get in this Broncos preview. This episode is brought to you by DraftKings. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, throw down $1 on any NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And now for something completely different. We are back for the preview uh, of the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Denver Broncos. Uh, we are going into Denver. Uh, luckily, in uh, early October, we've been seeing a trend of us being able to play Denver earlier in the year, which is awesome because apparently Derek Carr can't play in cold weather. So um, getting to go to Kansas City early in the year, getting to go to Denver in the year, always get excited about that. Both teams going into this 3-2. and two. Uh, It is a drastically different 3-2, and two, but 3-2 and two nonetheless. A lot of people, uh, including myself, believe that the – level of competition that we've been able to face in our three and two stint so far has been way better than what the Broncos have. So you guys have heard me sit here and call the Broncos frauds. Still believe it. Uh, this is going to be a big time loser leaves town game. So as we go into this matchup, um, it is going to be, it's going to be a huge test, huge test for the Raiders. It's going to be a, a big game to go out and win. Every game is a must win game, but Going into this after everything has happened and uh, kind of unraveled this week, uh, going into this where you've got a top five defense, uh, a defense that is top six in just about every category. And, you know, our offense is 
by all accounts, the best part of our team. So I think we have a very interesting uh, situation of being able to go in and, you know, our defense has been playing well, um, not great. And they've been playing well all season. And Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos offense, you know, the numbers don't tell the whole story, really. Uh, they've put up tons of numbers and they've been great you know, from 20 to 20. Um, but really where they lack is is producing in the red zone. Um, they're, I believe they're ranked 24th in the league in uh, offensive um, scoring rankings, whatever the fuck it's called. But they're a top 20 offense uh, when it comes to overall offense, um, rushing, passing, all that kind of stuff. They just can't put it in the end zone. So as a Gus Bradley defense has been explained previously, big time Ben don't break. Big time, let them take the underneath. Let them do that. Uh, when it comes down to it, don't let them beat, beat you over the top. And also, don't let them score. Holding them to field goals, stuff like that. As far as the Raiders on offense is concerned, they're going to have a very tough match. Like I mentioned, one of the top five defenses in the league. Um, one of the better defensive lines in the league. But also, probably the most complete team front to back that we've seen, or at least the most talented team front to back that we've seen. We are once again going to have a huge, huge test for the offensive line. Um, I feel like every week is going to be a huge test for the offensive line, but we're getting some pretty, pretty strong D-line matchups uh, out of the way early this year. So they're kind of learning under fire, but it's going to be one of those things that we just have to figure out and make it work. I think the game plan against them needs to be very similar to the last couple weeks in regards to just getting the ball out early. I really, really, really hope that we can establish the run. I don't want to sound like a broken record saying that that's going to be you know some type of key to success to this game because when it comes down to it, um, it's, it's going to take me a little while to not refer to it as John Gruden's offense. But the offense that we run caters to being able to, you know, punch you in the mouth with the run game. Josh Jacobs, you know, he's back and healthy. We need to figure out how to just get him the ball and get him open, let him do his things, because when he's able to get to the second level, he's able to make things happen. So everything is going to start and stop with the offensive line, plain and simple. There is a lot of people that really need to step up, really need to do better, really need to figure things out, or we just aren't going to have any success whatsoever. The offense can get rolling and get rolling early against a very good defense, we're going to be in for a long day. I think that we are probably going to see potentially a lower scoring game this week. All in all, the offense really needs to do their best to look better in the run game. Even if they don't completely just blow open the run game and and do amazing, if they start to look better, if they show some increase of improvement on that realm, I think that it's going to do wonders in, in being able to open the offense up and being able to you know do more things. It's going to be interesting to see how um, Olsen ends up running this offense and how you know Carr and him work together and, and how things tend to differ from the way Gruden did things. Um, so that's going to be very interesting. Um, honestly, this week is just such a – it's a weird week. You know, so much – stuff going on outside of football, right? And and so many changes that you look at it and you say, it could go this way, it could go that way. They need to do this, they need to do that. But when it comes down to it, we just really don't know how things are going to look. You know, we hope that it stays the same. I feel like they're probably going to stick to the same type of game plan and, and you know, roughly the same idea of what they've been doing all year. 
But the one thing this offense is going to need to do is to absolutely eliminate the stupid, dumb penalties and the stupid, dumb mistakes and just playing clean football. They don't have to go out there. DC doesn't have to throw for 400 yards. They don't have to go out there and just blow things out of the water. If they can play clean football, they can help themselves. They can stop killing drives. They can stop stalling out and not being able to sit there and at least give the defense a rest because that's the biggest issue we've been having. Can't give the defense a rest, right? So I think the offense is the biggest thing this week. Hang on to the ball. Eat up clock. Just get some consistency out of driving down the field. Get first downs and just... Start from the basics of just having some continuity and consistency with what you're doing. Stop stalling out. You know, it's it sucks that we have to get back to this point where it's just like do normal things. But if the offense can have some consistency, establish some semblance of a run game that's at least better than what they've been doing because they've been doing absolutely nothing and take advantage. I think a big thing is going to take advantage of the opportunities you get when you get like a rugs over the top, when you find you know, a situation where Waller beats a coverage and is wide open. Like those things you have to hit on, absolutely have to hit on. Against this defense, they may never happen. So if it does happen, if you do get the opportunity, you get a man beater play where, you know, there's a blown coverage, you have to connect on those things. And when you have such a good pass rush like they have, it's going to be a tough thing to do to make sure you capitalize on every little thing. But Denver's defense is what has kept them in games. Denver's defense is what has won them games. So I think that if we can control the pace of the game, keep their defense on the field longer, and just be consistent on offense, I, I wholeheartedly go expect us to go in here and win this game without a shadow of a doubt. And the way we've been playing on offense lately and the way that the their you know how good their defense is, just one of those things, you know, you're just interdivision play is always wonky. So you look at it and you gotta, you know. It's dumb to say you got to play a mistake-free football, but they've been making a lot of mistakes lately. So that's where they have to start. And they have to start with the offensive line having some continuity and playing consistently and taking away from stupid, dumb penalties. On the defensive side of the ball, I think that's where we can be, you know, game changers in the sense of of really driving it forward and, and, and winning this game. Um, it's going to start with forcing some type of turnovers, really. As mentioned, Teddy Bridgewater um, and their offense, great between the 20s. Haven't been great inside the red zone. So not only if we can kind of limit them from making too many drives down the field, but I think if we can play strong defense like we have, you know, in the red zone, look, essentially when you beat a team, you know, if you score more points than the other team, you win, plain and simple. I think we're going to see a different kind of game out of our defense this week. I think this is going to be a turn of the leaf uh, for our defense. We're going to go out there and, you know, not the best offense, but I think they're going to, our defense is going to go out there and they're going to show that when they need to fucking ramp it up and they need to ball out, they're going to do that. And I think this is going to be a perfect game to show that. I think the offense is going to go out there and I think they're going to play a very sound, um, they're not overperforming game, but I think they're going to be play a very sound game. They're going to be back within their means and you're not going to see games like we did um, earlier in the year against the Ravens or anything like that where we're just putting up 30-plus points. But going out there, I think we're going to see just a all-around sound game from both sides of the ball with the defense showing up a little more. So it's going to be a very interesting game. It's going to be it's going to be a great interdivision game because of where both teams are at, how both teams, I'm sure, 
I'm sure Broncos have fans have been talking about the Raiders being overrated, blah, 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 whatever. But I think it's going to go a long way, not only to put us in the position of staying in the hunt for number one spot in the AFC, but also just kind of putting the Broncos behind us a little bit, kind of getting back in the realm of things and kind of moving on and showing people we're still here, even after all the stuff that's happened, not letting that affect the way the game plays, the way things, you know, unfold. I think the way everything's been handled as far as the interim head coach, um, the way they've kind of delegated things has been great. I think they've done the best that they could in regards to trying to not affect either side of the ball offense, defense wise, and kind of keep the continuity within there in regards to where the coaches are at, all those kinds of things. So there's a lot going on. There's no doubt about that. A lot of outside distractions that could just completely derail things. Um, but I think we're going to see the Raiders go out there, and I think that the defense is going to ball out. They're going to finally get a f- some turnovers again, um, and the offense is going to play sound and going to play disciplined offense, which is going to be a new fucking thing for us because, God forbid, Alex Leatherwood jumps off and false starts any more times. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's um, going to be a great game. going to be a fun game. I hope we go out there and just blow their ass out of the water frankly. Score prediction-wise, I think we're going to go out there. I think the Raiders are going to put up points. I think that they are going to limit the Broncos as well. Um, I think we're going to see us win 17-14. Not a high-scoring game. Whether that's us winning on a field goal, whether that's us being up and and you know them having to try to come back with a field goal, I think we, it's going to be close, unfortunately. But I think that we're going to do enough to win. And that's, that's all you can really ask for right now, right? So I'm trying to stick with the optimism not let the things that have happened trickle into the team and and the things that are going on and, and you know where we're at going with this week. It very well could. But I do think this team is still poised to win games. I do think the Broncos are frauds. Uh, so I do think we beat them. So that's your Broncos recap for you guys. Um, we appreciate you guys just kind of moving and shaking with us as we, as we do these things, as we kind of adjust on the fly to different things that are happening. As always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple iTunes. Go follow us on Twitter at Take Raider. You can actually, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see my handle, Andy's handle, podcast handle are uh, on, all on Twitter. And then our Instagram handle is at Raider Take Podcast. Uh, YouTube handle, I mean, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're already on it. Go give us a subscribe on that. Uh, that's Raider Take Podcast as well. And go download DraftKings. DraftKings is doing some amazing things. They are giving away so much free money, so much free opportunities. Go download the sports book if, if they're in your state. Just download the app and, and sign up using promo code TPPN. Um, if you're signing up for the first time, they got so many offers for you. Um, it's a great way to not only support us, support the Pigskin Podcast Network, you know, the ones giving us a chance, the ones, you know, coming in saying they, they like what we do and they want to, you know, help us grow. So we appreciate the support everybody gives us. Let's go into this week and get a W against the Broncos. Let's get a W. Keep riding with second place in the in the division and then come for the Chargers, really. So, Raider Nation, stand up. Andy's not here to say it, but I'm going to tell you to stand up, and we'll see you all next week.